0: Get it, my friends. Welcome to Hit Different, your weekly music culture podcast with me, Mikey Carl, and my two co hosts who are already rolling their eyes and scr- squinching their faces in. That's right, squinchy wench. You got Sophia Molly. Hi, Sos. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Michelle Grace Hunter, special guest.
1: I love it. Hi. So glad to be here. Yeah,
0: yeah. Just being anywhere at the moment, talking to people IRL. <laughs> yes. This feels IRL, yes. doesn't it? It actually feels. I love that. Almost. Our friends today. We're going to be talking about. Let me see. Abba, who have come back strong, perhaps stronger than anyone anyone really expected. Also discussing Guy Sebastian, who's coming back weak, weak AF. We'll be discussing the broader issues around really owning this moment in time, which is what we need to do. And then we're going to get into another masterclass of greatness. That is MGH's masterclass. Terrible segue. And then after that, we'll get into Michelle Grace Hunter's career, an amazing photographer, one of uh, the nation's best, one of the world's best, let's be real. And talking about her... (laughs) MGH master class as well as all kinds of things you're the inventor of Nikon
1: I am the inventor of all Nikon front yeah I literally invented cameras
0: Cool I was just going to let that hang cuz it's either Z or 6 What was what's the your, <laughs> Z6 Z6
1: I'm yes I am uh, a Z creator I didn't invent it unfortunately that would have been a good claim to fame but I do shoot with it so <laughs>
0: The inventor of cameras that's who we're going to be talking to Michelle Grace Hunter. I
1: love it I love it <laughs>
0: Yes, thank you so much for joining us on this show. The <laughs> world is in a great condition. So thanks for, you know, taking taking time out of your bu- busy yes. schedules, everyone, to be with uh, us on Hit Different. Michelle Grace Hunter, give us the 30 seconds or less how you are coping in lockdown.
1: Um, I think it's a daily thing. So um, sometimes, <laughs> you know the new Kanye song, um, Okay, Okay? I don't know if you've heard. There's a version one uh-huh. and version two. That's me. I'm okay, okay, and then I'm not okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's why Donda has spoken to me so much during this time. Yeah. Um, no, I'm actually, to be honest, I'm doing pretty well, and I think I'm pretty fortunate. And uh, but like everybody else, it's um, it just feels mm. never ending, and yes. it, it's it, it's tricky. So yeah, it's,
0: a, it's got a big old scorpion tail. This one hasn't it? Lockdown Oof. six Ooh, yeah. point <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> uh, friends. We have got Soce the boss here. She's about to talk to us about. The Swedish. Talking about <laughs> ABBA, who have had a redonkulous comeback. Let's face it, I just listened to those two songs today. Both of them are stone-cold, low-key bangers.
2: But they are, though. And, like, we, I, I told you about this the other night. Like, I don't know why I was a bit surprised that ABBA's new music was good. Because mm. they're freaking ABBA. Mm. Like, they're known for creating a pop framework that has Mm -hmm. obviously had a – well, still does have a legacy to it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, the the big goss from over the last couple of weeks is that they are getting the band back together. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're performing but in a different way. They're um, setting up at the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park in London next May for a state-of-the-art concert experience. So they're taking over this park. They're calling it ABBA Arena. Uh, 3000 cap venue that is going to host um some very special abba performances under the name abba voyage or mm-hmm. voyage depending yeah. on your payback voyage
0: on the stage
2: yeah, exactly <laughs> um but it's super interesting and people are talking about it because abba themselves are going to be appearing as avatars so it's going to be virtual um Avatar. kind of like it feels like we were talking about it like they're using deep fake technology. So they'll be performing, but they'll be appearing young, essentially, which is kind of kind of creepy, but kind of cool if they can pull it off. So it's like Abra at their prime.
0: Just to pull the record back for a second. So the new songs are called I Still Have Faith In You and Don't Shut Me Down. Um, both of them, you know, like I Still Have Faith In You, five minutes and ten seconds, very slow track that builds up to this real anthemic place. Mm-hmm. And I, you, you're right, though. In, in sort of well, all of us are writing, sort of going, can they somehow climb to the summit again? And with both of these songs, it's really, it's up close. It's 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 very close to that sort of blue chip level of ABBA. And if you can get anywhere near that, then you know they've massively succeeded. With mm-hmm. the live stuff, though, so, so I'm super skeptical about this. And don't <laughs> sound like a I want to see ABBA get out there. Kate Bush came out, would be eight or nine years ago, and performed, and everyone fucking loved it and Kate Bush performing yeah. as Kate Bush going back into this sort of like uh, this this place I wouldn't say it's it's narcissistic at all I think they, they're they trying to honour the original spirit of ABBA and this place they were in their lives for quite a while but I think it's going to be it's going to mean more to us if we're seeing something live actually happening than mm. somehow suspending our disbelief and sort of you should it's like explaining a joke you shouldn't have to explain a joke either something lands or it doesn't. Um, sure. Has it happened yet? So maybe it will be fantastic. Uh, tell us a bit more about who's in this band. So.
2: This is the other thing. It's going to be ABBA. ABBA, I'm using quote marks. Um, but there will also be a 10-piece live band who will be performing these shows as well. So it's kind of ABBA, but ABBA not as we know it. But for fans of the 2000s indie movement, the band <laughs> is <laughs> kind of being MD'd by James Wright from Claxons. Um if you're like me, and I'm going to say you're not, because when I was 19, I had Golden Scans as my ringtone for about two two years. It's a very annoying song to have as your ringtone. Highly recommend going <laughs> the back to revisiting it.
0: Ah, that one?
2: No, it's the one that starts with like, it's like that on repeat. It's very good. It's very good. Anyway, anyway, guys. Anyway, nice. He's worked with Benny and Bjorn because they don't need last names. They're Benny <laughs> and Bjorn. You know Abba, you know who Benny and Bjorn are.
0: Some some people some people need two last names. <laughs> yeah.
2: And he's said that he can safely say that the musicians chosen and the band that has been formed is the best group of musicians he's ever heard play together in a room. Which mm. is That's cool.
0: He says there is are serious serious chemistry and vibe, which is Great. You don't want to say this is the second or perhaps the third best band I have played with this week. You don't want to hear that. We want to build this, no. <laughs> build this up. George Lucas totally. is involved too. George Lucas' yeah. industrial sound and light, the first foray into the concert space. All of it's adding up to something that should be should be a, a real spectacle, and it should be heaps of huge. fun, heaps of fun. i probably talked to, too much to about it earlier. But is it going to be more like the two pack hologram, which we all kind of got over? This is a Coachella a few years ago. All kind of got over that fairly quickly. Um, or gorillas at the top of their game who, you know, were superimposing uh, cartoons on the screen, incredible animation, mm. as well as the, the, the band playing live. I think 2012, 2013 around Plastic Beach era was mm. when gorillas absolutely peaked. I think we can all agree on that. It's mm. kind of around around that time. Yeah. Uh, are you much of a, an ABBA fan, Michelle?
1: I'm a huge ABBA fan, actually. Um, I grew up listening to ABBA. Um, my parents had a really, like, weirdly eclectic record collection and ABBA was uh, part of their collection so I definitely grew up listening to them and just um yeah I them so I'm excited for this I'm like this is it all sounds great I you know, it can I guess fall on the side of potentially being naff but I think I will reserve judgment until I see it and then decide
0: <laughs> how can we watch this how can we enjoy this live in May 2022
2: Let's be honest. We're probably not going to actually be able to get there, but I feel like what's, what's really good about it is that they've made such a, such a point and such a push of putting the message out there to their fans, which is also a good point because there are generations of EBA fans, right? Mm. So there's probably a generation of parents and grandparents out there who they may be a bit afraid of what a digital tour or a virtual tour is. But they've made it quite accessible. So it's like, here's the website. Embrace the technology. We're not coming out to hurt you. This is actually going to be something that's going to be fun and all enveloping. So I believe you can buy tickets and stuff. It's kind of, I think they're rolling it out like all of the live stream sort of performances that are happening these days. But it'll obviously have to be a bit more exclusive because it is such a big uh, endeavor or production.
0: Those three thousand people are gonna feel super lucky to be in the Abba Arena, which is apparently getting made specifically for this. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. <laughs> tell us about shooting, Michelle. Uh, like icons.
2: You've shot a few. Let's be real. I
1: have. It's always a privilege, to be honest. Like, um, you know, I've had a lot of pinch myself moments in my career, and um, you know, there's there's times where you're Shooting a show, and you're the closest person to someone that you've looked up to your whole life. So, yeah, I, T- I tell us, um, tell us, a- Kendrick Lamar is a perfect example. <laughs> um, so you just, I, you know, I don't ever take that for granted, and you know, I think that's like it's been the hardest thing to come to terms with with something like COVID was that you know I was in such a privileged position and and really doing something that I truly love with all of my heart and, and to not be able to do that for so long is, has been very, you know, you have to grieve that, you have Mm. to grieve that life that it used to be. And, and, um, you know, for a long time I was like, Oh, you know, I don't have it that bad. And, and I don't, I'm really fortunate in many ways, but, um, I did, I do have to grieve the life that I, that I have kind of left behind. And it's just hard to know if, Mm. Is it ever going to be the same? I don't know. Like mm. it's just it's tricky. So yeah, I, it's um, it's always been you know since I've reached um a, a position in my career where I have been shooting such amazing people that I really look up to. It's it's just a privilege. That's the that's the word that I would I would um I would use to describe it.
2: Can you tell us about shooting Lauren Hill? Because I know you were able to be in the room with her.
1: Oh yeah, that was such a wild experience um I mean she obviously has she's got such an intense energy and Mm. it really it rubs off on everybody um there's a lot of just tension in the air so I was shooting backstage at her show where is this Michelle? Uh, So I actually shot two shows for her I shot one that was at um, Sydney My Music Bowl and one was at Festival Hall so it was like two successive nights and they were really different shows My Music Bowl was like a lot of sound issues and she really just seemed like she wasn't in a great mood that entire show, to be honest. Like it mm-hmm. just, she didn't seem happy. Whereas Festival Hall was totally different. It's probably one of the most beautiful concert experiences that I've had in my life. I think she was just in the zone. Um, I was shooting next to, um, she's got a, a person that does like a teleprompter mm-hmm. that does does all the words and stuff for her. Mm-hmm. and so she's got like a, a live feed and she just listens to Lauren, um, just in uh, earphones and I was shooting next to her. And at one point she took off her her headphones and she put them on my head. And it was just this single feed of Lauren's voice in my ears. And I was just like, (sighs) I've never heard anything. Like, honestly, I was, I had tears in my eyes. I was like, this Mm. is the most amazing experience of my life. And it was, you know, in this really beautiful moment too, where she was just really flexing vocally. And I was like, wow, this is this is why people put her on such a pedestal. She is one of the best to ever do this. You know, she's mm. just so special. So yeah, such a, such an amazing moment. Mm.
0: When you're working and you're enjoying it at the same time, are you able to sort of compartmentalize the work part and the enjoyment part as well? Can they can they can they can they run simultaneously?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'll I'll be dancing and rapping. If it's Kendrick, I'll be rapping to all the lyrics and shooting. Like I definitely have fun with it. I, you know, you you know that I think I've been doing it so long now. You know what you need to do to get certain shots. I don't have to be shooting the entire time. I can mm. definitely relax and take it in and um, sing to your favorite songs and stuff like that. It's it's such a privilege. Like it really is.
0: Did Kendrick see you spitting? Did he see you <laughs> spitting bars instead of like...
1: No. Well, there is a really funny story. The first time I ever shot Kendrick Lamar, which was at the Metro, which doesn't exist anymore, but it was just after Good Kid, Mad City dropped. And it was the last time he actually performed just with a DJ um, mixed by Ali. And so he came out and was performing and I was so starstruck. It was one of the first shows I'd ever shot. It was really, really early. And he came over and like, cause he could see that I was shooting and he waved and, like, so instead of shooting the wave, I just stopped and waved back.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I was like, hi. <laughs> you I could have
1: her. had this amazing did shot he, of Kendrick he, Lamar waving at me. And I was just like, hi. <laughs> like, I feel like angel.
0: he his face became that emoji with the, the, the hmm, the finger on the mouth. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh my okay. God. Okay. Yes. Is so, this, look, is you it? Have... It
1: was a long, it was 10 years ago, guys. I was, you know. That was very great. <laughs>
0: Beautiful story. I love it. <laughs> with Lauren Hill, for instance, um, being backstage with her, and, and a really interesting comment about having that intense energy where everyone, as soon as she walks into a room, all the eyes are either on her or peripheral vision is on her and very aware of what she's, you know, cause she's an intense lady. I mean, yeah. I, I wish she put out another record. I think we all we all wish that, and there'd be mm-hmm. many, many reasons why she hasn't. My friend Steve yeah. Cross, he runs Remote Control, he describes it as one of the most disappointing Careers, uh, in terms of like what we expected and what we got, which potential, yeah, the potential, you know and I'm she, 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 she'd know about this as well she, she would know about mm. people going we'd love another record from you you know why didn't you give us this record mm. so all this baggage is, is when you're you know you're in the room with lauren hill but did you have any any sort of personal facetiming moments or did you have anything you're listening to and, and seeing little moments in the room where you can share that anecdote
1: i kind of did actually the in the meet and greet this is actually a really funny story so both times where lauren hill worked walked into the room i don't know how to explain this and i don't Like I'm not really woo like this either, but I I cannot explain this. But both times she walked into her room, my camera stopped working. So, and I don't know. It's never happened to me before. It's never (laughs) happened to me since. But the first time I had a I had an error on my card, super intense energy. But I had an error (laughs) on my card, and my card card read um actual memory card wasn't working. I had to run back and get another one. It was super stressful. The second time, I was doing meet and greets, and she walked into the room, and I'd done a bunch of test shots to get everything right and she walked into the room and the first shot fired and it was like completely blown out overexposed worst photo you've ever seen in your life and I'm like what the hell and I kept (laughs) taking photos and I'm like it's not doing what the settings are saying it should be doing I could not explain it and then she came over to look at the photo like literally the worst photo of ever and I'm just like oh yeah so um, so we're going to put like fix this in like I don't even know what I said and she was like okay cool and she walked off and I'm like Holy crap. She literally just saw basically like a white photo. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like so. Wow. And then two seconds later, the camera just went back to working like normal. I didn't change anything. I just, I can't explain it. It was super weird. Weird so, energy. uh Weird.
2: Yeah, weird. I don't know. I don't know. Her
0: power. Wow.
2: So strange. That reminds me of a fuck, I can't remember who it was, it was some radio host, but they were talking about how, like, Prince had come up in the studios once, not to do an interview, but he was just in the studios and he'd apparently walked past and all the radio hosts were like, again, like your hocks kind of go up when, you know, some, like a performer like that is in your vicinity. And so his team's taken him past and they were just like, guys, like, no photos, please, like, just just let him be. So he's walked past. And this radio host has like stuck his head out the door and he's just like, Prince is like my idol. And he's like got his phone camera out and he's like just taking like a sneaky, just of the back of Prince as he's like walked off. And apparently Prince had turned around. So he's just like, oh my God, I got this photo of Prince. And then when he went to show like the other hosts, when they came back in, it was black, (laughs) just a black. (laughs) And he's just like, no, no, no. I swear that it was on here. Like I saw this photo and he's just like, my phone just stopped working, couldn't, and There's he's like rebooted it and then the photo was just not there anymore. And he was just it like, It wasn't even purple, it was just black. Exactly.
1: I
0: was just like, <laughs> <"Man." laughs>
2: I like, like, yeah. There's
1: something, I
2: don't know, these special
1: humans that have special energy around them. It's very it was a real intensity, very palatable that you could feel, and everyone was kind of walking on eggshells and like, oh my god, like very, mm. very strange. But yeah.
0: I like it. Very good stories, my love. <laughs> you can find Hit Different on Facebook. And hunt down myself. So, so, Michelle Grace Hunter on uh, the social media networks. Yeah, come and, come and get at us. We're very nice. Can't we're about to pop up the next. Ser- yeah. <laughs> yeah let's talk the shit out of us. Coming up next, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Guy Sebastian selling us up the river while everyone else in the music industry pretty much did the right thing and got behind the Vax the Nation. That's right. My friends, so this week we got quite excited, okay? Because something we broke, some a scoop from a few weeks ago on Hit Different, was Russell Howcroft and a bunch of music industry figures had got together and put together a uh, an ad campaign, encourage everybody to vaccination. Yep, cool. Hashtag vaccination. Let's do it. This thing dropped last Sunday night, which is like uh, eight days uh, eight days ago in real time when you're listening to this, and it didn't quite land at first because it was like, stop the interruptions. Came a bit anti-lockdown it was kind of strange yeah anyways we all knew they were on the right track the next morning it sort of landed properly you know it was all about vaccination we want to get back to live music everybody in the music industry you know who got asked to do it they all got behind it we all posted you know the tiles on our instagram all that kind of stuff people don't necessarily want to get the vaccine very small but loud minority anyway what happens? guy sebastian claims he didn't know his team were putting it up all the Hillsong crew and all the sort of the anti-vaxxers that, that put out the clarion call. Hey, everybody, go to Guy Sebastian's page. Make a big fuss. Make it look like there's a lot of us who don't want to get vaccinated. Guy Sebastian backflips. A tweet that just came out from Bernard Zul, uh, which I really like, is this. This is about Gladys Berejiklian also announcing today that she's no longer going to do the, uh, the daily COVID conferences. <clears throat> Breaking, 12.40. Oh. Berejiklian announces COVID conferences to be taken by Guy Sebastian. <clears throat> 12- <laughs> 12.42, Sebastian confirms. 12.45, Sebastian unsure. 12.47, <laughs> Sebastian withdraws. 12.49, Sebastian says he's always supported press conferences but doesn't want media <laughs> feeling pressure to attend. Okay. Oh, so satire so will good. save us in these lucky days. So first up, I think we're getting a really good look at people lately. Nadia Cartel, Jane Gazer, Ziggy Alberts, and Guy Sebastian. At a crucial time in history where, you know, we all need to freaking stick together and do the right thing by our fellow human, people are sort of going, no, no, I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to just put myself first. And that's not good enough. That's that's why we're having some real issues, you know. To talk about Ziggy Alberts very briefly, you know, he's a Byron Bay musician who has a very, very big and powerful voice via his platform to 212,000 Instagram fans, 82,000 Facebook fans who he is saying nothing to about wearing masks he previously said don't wear masks it's like nazi you linked it to being like nazis and also he hasn't said anything about get vaccinated so yes you'd be a bit afraid and guy sebastian same deal you'd be nervous about it i know off the record it's now on the record client liaison uh very nervous about this as well about coming out and saying get vaccinated but now's the time to really human up and be strong about this because this will never happen again. Hopefully, we get our shit together. But right now, we are in it. You know, Michelle, you're not shooting concerts. So, you're not going to concerts reviewing. I'm not going to concerts. You know, musicians can't make money, really. It's a really fucked time. And so, we need to all stick, stick together, for God's sake. Um, so... <clears throat> What was your first reaction, Michelle, when you heard about this, this, this sort of Guy Sebastian move, which, you know, it's, it's much bigger than just Guy Sebastian.
1: Yeah. I mean, the frustrating part for me is that I think that Guy, you know, when people are talking about how musicians can't work, there is a perception in Australia that musicians look like Guy Sebastian. Like that's kind of where people think that artists and musicians sit, that they're doing really well. They're killing it. They live in big houses. And, you know, mm. what do they have to worry about? That's not the reality and that's obviously Straight not what up. we know. So that was frustrating. It's like not everyone has the opportunity to do a backflip like that because, sure, he can decide that he doesn't want to support it. It's not going to affect him either way. He's doing the voice. He's got all of these other things. But mm. the industry is hurting. The industry mm. is dying. Like we need all the help. To me, it just, like like, it's... It smacks of just not having a spine and, and being very yep. people-pleasing and trying to appeal to everybody, which I just, you know, you'd, I don't think you can do. Having said that, I don't feel like demonising people is the right way. I, I've said this publicly and, and I don't think making fun of people actually is the way either. I do think it is, a, you know, and I've I've actually had conversations with people who were really scared and have now, you know, got the vaccination just through having empathy and listening. And hearing their concerns and having really I mean I'm really well researched with this stuff I, I'm just a nerd for this stuff so I can actually talk to them on a human level about I, yeah. I can hear what you're saying I understand your concerns this is why I think it's you know that's not right in this instance and and all of those times you know I've got that person over the line so I just yeah I, I, I don't like to see the hate and division because I actually don't think it helps us mm. but I mm-hmm. think The positive thing is to stand up and say, we need to do this for the community. We need to do this for all of us. Like, that's a positive message. That's Mm. not, I don't think it's like forcing anyone's hand. It's showing you what we can have when we all come together.
2: Totally.
0: Ben Lee made an interesting comment. To be honest, this is exactly actually a really sad example of what happens when your career is dependent on trying to be all things to all people. Guy also delivered this message with a gold piano behind him. So bad optics. He did say one thing. He said, I personally don't believe it is my place to deal in absolutes to tell people what to do in regards to their personal health choices. Uh, this is a man who flogs multivitamins to children with his stylus wife, Jules. Okay. So again, you're thinking about money, 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 dude. Like as you, he's on The Voice. His streams are great. He's he's touring. I think he's doing a show in in Central Australia. You're going to be fine. Okay. We need you and others like you. We need you to set a good example. You know, it's this is such a, a crucial fucking time. So demonizing people, sure, it's definitely not. Um, it's definitely not the way we should, we should be doing things. But we calling out BS is, is probably the more specific way. And he could have said, out BS, yeah. He said, you know, uh, it's up to your personal health choices. However, these are the reasons I've been double vaccinated, and this is why yes. you should do it. That's yeah. what he could have done. Yes. That, that's where that's a, yes. where this sort of missed opportunity.
1: Absolutely, that's such a good point because everything was around. It was putting it back on the person and the personal choice. But that's not, it's not about that. It's about the industry, the only way we can move forward. And he just let down the entire industry. He let down his Mm -hmm. band, the people Mm -hmm. that would really be struggling, like those people, that's who he let down. So, I mean, I can't believe that he can't see that. It's so disappointing, you know.
0: Have you had your jabs, Michelle?
1: One. Excellent. Which which one did you get? um, I get Pfizer because I'm old, Nana, and um, I call. Me them. too.
0: I'm an old Nana too. It's so good. Um,
1: so I get my second um, on the
0: 27th. So, um, yes. Sos, how old are you? toast is about 21 years old. So young yeah. and beautiful. Yeah, she is. So young.
2: <laughs> have you had
0: your, did you have your first jab yet, Sos? I believe you did. Is that right? Am I being yeah. done?
2: Yeah, I had mine in all, Yeah, early August. Uh, techni- well, I've got an appointment booked in for like the first week of November, but I might look into seeing if I can bring that forward a bit now that we've been given that health information for AZ to bring, bring it forward. In. But in, in saying that, though, like the one thing I don't like about the booking app is that you can't – if you're going to change your appointment, you have to cancel the one cancel you already it. have. So it's like I might cancel my one in November, mm. but then I might not be able to get another one until further along.
1: I think you'll be okay with AZ, to be honest. I think like the more Pfizer that's coming in, people will choose to have Pfizer, and I think you'll be fine with it. That's that's my thought. Says we have so much AstraZeneca in this country. Yeah,
0: (laughs) we really do. We really do. We could keep
1: making it. You know, we're probably going to be. We'll probably have boosters of AstraZeneca next year. Who knows? But I'm sure you'll be fine. So
0: yeah, yeah. Lauren Hill is actually releasing her next album with uh, (laughs) yeah an an AstraZeneca (laughs) shot for everyone. Get it, get it, get it. it. Let's get cynical, Imagine. cynical. <laughs> uh, that, that was a mini segment that Courtney, our producer, wanted to said do do a mini segment called "Let's Get Cynical," where you, you go through all the reasons Guy Sebastian made. I think we just did that. We just we yes. we, we, we stepped through his thinking. So yeah, <laughs> um, I've talked to two musicians who I won't mention in the last two weeks who one said oh, the COVID fast. I'm like okay, and another said, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna sit and wait before I get my shot." So. Mm still a lot of people out there who should be getting shots in their arms who haven't had these shots. Numbers are going way up <laughs> in both ways. Vaccinations are going up. Unfortunately, cases are going up. Vaccinations are well ahead of, of you know, the new COVID cases, which is fantastic. Yeah. But so, the thing is the seri- yes.
1: the serious cases and the hospitalizations mm. are what we, we, we're going to have to start looking at. Um, yes. We have to totally. stop focusing on numbers and start looking. And, and the data on that, and I, I look at this stuff every day, mm. it's really, really clear. Like it does really prevent hospital Hospitalizations totally. and deaths, and, and like, there's no. I don't know how anyone could argue that now if you yep. are looking at the actual data. Yep. Um, I understand the hesitancy. I was also hesitant at the start, and I did kind of want to wait for a bit. And then I got, you know, I was reading everything, and I, I got to a point where I was really comfortable. And yeah, I just think, um, you know, it. it It's going to come to a down to a point where you're going to get COVID because everyone's going to get it. And I just if you're if you don't understand how serious the Delta variant is, I think you're doing yourself a really big injustice to not actually look into that because that's where everyone's downplaying it. It's Mm. it's it's no joke. So mm. at the at end of the day, I don't want COVID. I don't want long COVID. I don't want that having a severe impact. Um, so it's it's a no-brainer, you know?
0: Straight up. Absolutely. Um, a, a stat from this morning's COVID-19 cases in hospital yesterday. This is Victoria. Uh, 89% not vaccinated, 11% partially vaccinated, 0% fully vaccinated. That's in all hospitals in Victoria. Yeah, I feel like we're kind of preaching to the converted here, but that's fine because we need everyone listening to just keep spreading the word it's one of those things mm. it's just we need to just hammer it home to people especially those people who are kind i've got one mate who we none of us can fucking get through to him sorry but i'm a bit a bit of a swear bear today and i've I, I now no longer try and push him i just i think he's probably going to get covid and it's going to really knock him around and that's that's the only point in time that he's like he's just said I'm not getting the jabs. You can't tell me to get the jabs. I'm like, mm. well, it's not about the government. True. It's, it's you know you, you, you know you won't be able to go to things. You know what I mean? So that's
1: where the turning point will be, I think. When like yeah. Quantas just came out and said you're not going to be able to fly internationally. So like at some mm. point, whether mm. it's now, whether it's next year, whether it's a year down the track, like it's mm. that's. Mm. I mean, that's the point you get to. It's just like it's inevitable. So that's totally.
0: Right. From a heavy subject to a heavy hitter, we've got Michelle Grace Hunter coming up next. <laughs> Segue. Here we are, friends. It. Here we are. If there's something we should be covering on the show, hit us up. We're all on Twitter. Message the hit different Facebook Get page. in the
2: DMs, mate.
0: That's right. Slide like a penguin. Uh, reintroducing <laughs> the guest. The guest is Michelle Grace Hunter. Uh, someone, perhaps you not, haven't heard of before. Well, you've been under a rock. She's been under there shooting you. He's getting you good light. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Hiding in me, the shadows. shadows. Hiding in the, the shadows. Angles. So much of your career, I guess, is about you know getting the right light and, and finding um, the artist and bringing that personality out. All that kind of stuff. Uh, tell us the first photo you ever took, Michelle. The first good photo.
1: I remember. I look. Yeah, I remember. I actually remember a shot that I took, which was uh, I used to do like shoot kind of models when I first started because I had experience of modeling and knowing how to work those shoots, um, how to coordinate those shoots, I guess. So I used to work with models and it's a good way to practice when I first started. And I remember there was a shot with down like a row of trees that were like um, really asymmetrical and I got this model to jump in the middle and it was this beautiful shot. She looked like a fairy and it was really gorgeous. And I remember uh, a photographer that was like a mentor of mine commented on that shot And it was just like that, you know, just saying that, you know, this is really great or something. And it was just like that moment where you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I can do this. Maybe this is, Mm. you know, like it's just that little pat on the back that you need and can kind of spur you on. So I thought, yeah, that's probably the moment that I was like, oh, maybe there is something here. (laughs) Mm. Mm.
0: You, You were in sports before this, I believe. Sports?
1: I've had lots of different careers, but yeah, my first, um, I did a sports science degree, but I ended up working in sports admin and marketing for the first um, probably seven years. I did, I worked at the National Basketball League and I worked uh, in AFL, I worked at Melbourne Football Club in marketing and events. Um, so I've had like yeah, I worked in film for a while, and um, I had a few different jobs um, before picking up a camera. So yeah.
0: NBL, <laughs> I'm a huge NBL, huge basketball fan. But just tell, me, tell us about getting out of that and sort of you know getting a foot in the door in the photography yeah, world because it seems like yeah, it seems like you pivoted. Yeah,
1: oh, it was a. I mean, oof, I mean, there's a long time. It was literally like there was a long time <laughs> between that. I guess for me, I kind of stumbled through life. I was, you know, always had really great jobs that I really enjoyed. Uh, and the last thing I was doing just before I picked up a camera was I had I actually had my own business. that so was running a um contemporary dance company, a, st- a stage production company. Uh, it was like Australia's first independent dance company. It was with a group of people we really, you know, we we believed in this and it was like a catastrophic <laughs> failure the, of what like of epic proportions of like what not to do. So it was actually kind of through really kind of looking to into internally and what am I going to do with my life and and I just picked up a camera just before that, and my husband was like, "Why don't you kind of give this a crack? why don't you mm. you know it seems to be something here mm. and he kind of really gave me permission and the room and the space I guess to really pursue it for you know and within six months, I had a business, so it mm. was really, really quick, it just kind of clicked, and I was working with musicians from the very nice start pun. so Yeah. It just, um, it just, yeah, people were resonating with my work. I was working with um, in Australian hip hop for probably the first four or five years of my career. And I know hip hop. I know what it looks like. I'm I'm a big fan of the culture. So it just clicked. It just, like it just worked and and people resonated with my work really quickly.
0: You took 110 artists, photos of 110 different artists for the Rise Hip Hop photo book. So did you go to 110 different people's houses places
1: i think it was more than 110 actually i think it was actually yeah but yeah it yes it and it was a two, two how did you year fund period. this how
0: did this happen
1: i was self-funded um in Oof. the beginning like in terms of producing like going to i flew myself around australia this was like how i established myself it was a way for mm. me to put a mark on the industry to do something like a project mm. like this Love as well as work with all of these artists it was like how do they, how do people know who I am? If I work with them, then they'll know who I am. Like that was the mentality. That's literally, it was like, I just have to yep. work with all of these people. Um So I flew myself around everywhere. And and then to actually produce the book, we did a Possible campaign uh, back in 2014 when Possible campaigns were all the rage. Uh, and it was yeah. really well supported. Um And we raised, I think it was just over $22,000 um, to get all of the books produced and printed and do all the marketing and all that sort of stuff it's really expensive
2: (laughs) Mm, (laughs) to produce a
1: book can I tell you but yeah I'm I'm super proud of that project I was so new I was so green but I you know I've still actually I've got a copyright view randomly because someone just bought it online Um, I'm still really proud of it and uh, you know I look look at the photos and I'm like there's some really great stuff in there you know even though I just you know honestly just picked up a camera in those first two years so uh, and it was just a really great way of Kind of stamping my authority to say I'm serious. Like I I want to do this. I'm not just a hobby photographer. I actually want to be mm. taken seriously. It's yeah, yeah. It's
0: very cool that you did something like that, guy. Um. So did you ever do anything sort of similar to sort of you know to, to stand out and make oh we need to get so to write about this and what was God not on that level. Or- Hell no, not on that level. <laughs> nah. No, 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 At no. no. I'm still
2: chasing. I'm still chasing. She just became now.
1: prolific <laughs> anyway. She didn't have to <laughs> put oh, no, in as much
2: work. No, I. Th- <laughs> I think The for princess of pre-records. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, I, th- I think for me, like, the edge I had, if I had an edge back then, um, was the fact that I was in Adelaide. Like, I wasn't in Melbourne or Sydney where, you know, that back then it was like you needed to be in those two cities, in either of those two cities to actually get a foot in the door, especially doing what we were doing. So it kind of became a thing of I was writing from Adelaide, writing about a lot of different music and a lot of different musicians. And back then when the touring circuit was so, so good and so busy, it would be like the musicians who I was interviewing, it didn't matter if they were Australian or if they were internationals, when they'd be coming through Adelaide, I was often the only person that they had in as a connection Um, so if I'd be at the shows, I'd go up to them. That's kind of similar when I'd be like, okay, well, how are people going to know who I am if I'm, if, if I don't put myself in front of them? So it'd be at shows and I'd go up to, you know, bands after shows and be like, Hey, like great, great gig. We spoke for this interview or I did this and they'd be like, you're the chick from Adelaide because. It was still, it's still such a small town. And so it kind of started to snowball from there. And then when you start traveling a bit more, people start to be like, oh, you're that person who's been writing about this. Or, you know, you're still in Adelaide. Like, we thought that you moved to Melbourne or, you know, those sorts of things. So I feel, honestly, I feel like that's how it worked for me. Just.
1: Yeah. But also, there's, yeah. I think you're, there's also, with your writing such an integrity that everybody that I always speak to, like, it's the thing that they always notice about your writing. It's just, uh, that's just the, the integrity is the word that I think of. It's just like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just that people really appreciate that. I think from uh, specifically music journalism as well, you know, that it's so well researched, so much knowledge and just, you know, obviously you, give a shit like it's really obvious (laughs) through your writing yeah yeah yeah
2: not not everybody Um, does um, yeah exactly i um i just did a podcast record um for a metal outlet actually and it was like you know it's a podcast about like what's, you know, like a metal or a heavy album that people should listen to. So it's predominantly with people in that scene. And um, the girl who runs it actually interned for me when I was right, when I was managing another publication like eight years ago. And she's just like, oh, do you think that people would just automatically assume that you're into hip hop? Because that's what a lot of people would associate me with. And I'm like, well, that's the thing. Like I feel like to be a good music journalist and to be just, good in this field, you have to have an open mind to all genres. So it's like I think with with you, Mikey, especially, and I feel like that's why we connected so well early on when I first came on for the Australian Music Prize, like when you're forced to be in that position where you're having to listen to so many different styles of music, you need to be open minded of it. Sure, you're not gonna like everything, but oftentimes you will find something that you really connect with. And I feel like that trend that is immediately something that will come across in your work, whether it's in feature articles, cover interviews, or shooting covers for magazines.
0: Like, yeah, I was going to say with music. You've, with... you've
2: done enemy covers, Mikey's yeah. written cover covers, like yeah. it all goes into it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Having like just a general love for music I think is really important because sometimes people will email me, me and go, they'll send me the tracks and be like, oh, I hope, you know, I hope that you'll work with me and I hope that you like the music. And it's like, you know, I'm so open to everything. I love hearing mm. everything and it doesn't – I'm not genre specific. Either. Even though originally I was really known as a hip-hop photographer, these days it's like kind of everything. I like working with all genres. It's so much fun. So much fun mm. creatively, not boxed into one yeah style, Absolutely. you know.
0: Yeah. Three, three quick ones. The easiest way to get me to listen to something is getting me going, you probably won't like this. I'm like, what? I like everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the first one. Second one is I, I absolutely did a, um, an amazing own goal a few years ago. I think it was reviewing Ocean Grove and Great Band. And I put something I about double them. double kick drums in. And someone tweeted it like, there's no double kick, kick drums in this album. <laughs> and I was like, okay, dude, I should stay in my lane. I love this music. Maybe I didn't have the language to describe it so well as a journalist. It was just a nice little sort of brought back down to earth where my dog's at. He's a big Ocean Grove fan, straight up. Uh, and, the th- and the third thing is...
2: What did you do to get into Impress?
0: Great question. Glad you asked. Um, so I was... <laughs> writing for Buzz Magazine, and then I was like, I wanted to go to the big leagues, which was Impress back then, Street Press. And so uh, I wrote the A to Z of the big day out, how to survive the big day. The A to Z of the big day out I was super stoned in Berwick one time. Me and a friend just wrote up this like 800-word article and then delivered that article to Impress in a box and then put another box and then a third box, giant box, covered in rave posters, and put my my mobile phone written on napkins in... in wrapped around 20 mentos sticks so 20 mentos sticks article in there that's amazing box 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 box, rave box hardware in it went and i was like the mentos guy yeah give the story to the mentos guy so i started getting lots of stories and they they published a full page with a caricature of the a to z of the big day out which is you know it was a pretty i love the ambition i'm so glad they did that's
2: great
0: yeah yeah how could they not
2: though how could they not
0: yeah, a little boy from Berwick. And I still remember well, all my friends out in Berwick. We drove to Danny Nong JB Hi Fi, jumped out of the car, and I grabbed like, the, the, the <laughs> stack of 50 impresses, still to get, you know, still stuck together, and just jumped back in the car. And we bolted. Even though it was free, it still felt pretty badass. And, you know, and just to see that <laughs> my first big piece, uh, you know, with color and oh, That's it was cool. Just fucking awesome. Chemical Brothers on the cover. I wrote about Chemical Brothers. Hey, boy. Hey, girl.
1: I listened to that song this morning. Oh, That's so Superstar random. DJ. How Spirical. good is that song? Oh, my it's, God. Yeah, so it's good. a monster. It's a monster.
0: So uh, Ruel, Ruel, how did you get involved with him, Michelle, Grace Hunter? And just give us a little bit of sort of elevator pitch about who Ruel is. Am I saying his name right? just, I just, I just say <laughs> Ruel. Ruel. Ruel, Ruel. Ruel, <laughs> Ruel. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, Ruel is uh, an
1: 18-year-old... Um, music artist, uh, singer-songwriter from Sydney, uh, incredibly talented, beautiful, beautiful voice, um, mm. and he uh, he's managed by a very close friend of mine, Nate Flagrant, who mm-hmm. actually co- co-produced my book. So mm. um, kind of when you're talking about how did I get involved with Rule, the creative team um, that's involved with Rule have been working together for a long time before Rule came along, and uh, mm-hmm. most of the creative time actually were involved in my book in some way. Uh, or another and yeah so when rule came along there was kind of a ready-made team creative team to of, kind of start doing um photo shoots and video shoots and all of the other creative stuff that goes along with being an artist so yeah that's how it happened he 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 was forced he we were forced upon him
2: <laughs> but
1: uh i think uh we actually just did a really um lovely podcast together like a couple of weeks ago and it was yeah i saw some of that from, yeah, it was interesting to hear from his perspective too. Like we've become such good friends, like the whole creative team and rule. Like we we genuinely, really, really adore each other and mm. have such respect for each other. And it's it really is like a family unit. It's such a a, a great team. All of us are best friends. Like we actually hang out um, outside of you know work. We we always constantly in contact with each other. So um, it's just a pleasure. It's a, my most favorite thing I've ever worked on. Um, it's really fulfilling to see him you know continue to grow and continue to do really well and um yeah i just love it i love every minute of it
0: and so for our listeners uh you're his sort of day-to-day photographer you cruise around just following I just, him I just, or...
1: yeah i'm his photographer so i do everything kind of photography related for him so um got mm. 1.4 million shots... followers
0: on insta just so people know just how big <laughs> this guy is so
1: yeah so press shots album covers ep covers all of that sort of photography but also um all of his show photography and all of his tour photography, which is quite unusual. Usually you'd have separate photographers kind of doing different elements. Um, so I'm really fortunate that I do all of that stuff. And it just means like the relationship's so solid. Like we, it's almost like telepathic. Like it's, we're, you know, I've been working with him since he was 13. So it's been so many years of just really getting to know each other and know, I know what he likes. I know how he, how he works. I know what he doesn't like. So it's we just yeah it's just such a pleasure to work on you know
2: and he's still so down to earth as well he's still such a chiller like
1: he really is we always joke about at some point he's going to be like he's going to turn into this nightmare
2: i've just been waiting happened. for it to be honest i've been waiting for it but it hasn't happened he's still so lovely
1: we all have it hasn't happened He's, it's his family his family are so yeah lovely so down to earth so just just um, his family are amazing like his parents are the mum and dad that you everybody wants so it yeah. just um it's not surprising at all his sisters are amazing uh you know his parents are amazing like it's it's they're very very lovely people so yeah, yeah. that's why
0: he kind of contradicts that sort of saying slash belief that when you be when you become famous, you're frozen at that age. And some artists like Andre yeah. 3000 in a way is. Uh, I always use him as an example. Sure. he's uh, He does an amazing verse on, on the Donda record, which I think it got cut in the end. Oh, but have you heard I that? Have you God, heard it? It's, it's so beautiful. disrespectful.
2: So disrespectful.
0: Big Boy tweeted it out.
2: It's so beautiful.
0: And then Drake being a knob, Drake Drake put the song out. And, yeah, it's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But, yeah, it sounds like this – I think having the relationship with a person like you who is, you know, this sort of figure in his life who's got their head screwed on and right as well, I think we can't underestimate your effect on, on Rule as well.
1: I actually think that's for everybody in the creative team. I think it's Nate, his manager. I think it's Joel, his videographer, and I think it's Jeremy, his creative director. All of us as a unit, like we are very – similar in that we're you know super down to earth i think we all have you know our heads screwed on um and Mm -hmm. and he's got good role models in everybody Mm. uh, which i think is really great yeah
0: i think you did a a photo shoot years ago with other fundamentals or funcores when you went out to their overnight hotel at at the airport this is like 2014 fundamentals and you got this shot like it was just it was all going badly and then as they walked back in there was a real seedy hallway with great lighting and you took some shots there and it just you know nailed it and was so happy to get that result what's an example yeah. of with working with rule or, or with anybody else you can tell us about getting the shot despite all odds
1: ah uh, god there's so many examples like i think that's the thing with being a photographer is you learn to be really adaptable and everything can be going wrong. And so I think like, usually it's with the more famous person you're working with, the smaller time that you have. And usually like the more things that'll go wrong. Um, I can definitely remember a time I was working with Raekwon in um, New York and I had a really limited time. At that time I, I was a natural light photographer. I didn't really know much about artificial light or flash and we shot towards the end of the day and the sun was setting, it was going down and, he was really late, and then his jewelry dude was really late, and then they ah. were, they had to wait. They had to wait for like the weed guy and the pizza, and like everything was like it was just taking so long. And we were running out of oh. light, and the whole shoot actually was pretty much a disaster. But I got one photo. I got one amazing shot of him, kind of crouched over a, a pool table where he just. We went mm. through this room, and I was like, "Hey, just let's just do a shot here." And he picked up a ball, and it's just like a really cool shot and. Mm. Everything else is trash from that photo shoot, which is probably one of my biggest disappointments. (laughs) But, but not like just being able to get the one shot. If you can just get one moment, then it would be salvageable.
0: I've spoken to lots of people who've worked in the hip hop realm, and it can be an absolute uh, clusterfuck uh, to, to get people to tour and all the kind of. Remember, Young Thug was going to come out for Langway a few years ago, and very quickly that <laughs> that was not going to happen <laughs> Did not because not you know all the, all Ooh. this money that he owed, you know limo drivers and all that kind of stuff. So you're a patient person. Uh, tell us about a horror story of something just not going right mm-hmm. dealing with some hip hop egos. <laughs>
1: Um yeah, I guess uh the biggest uh, Goldlink. Well, I was going to say well, I wasn't going to name him. Oh my god. Um yeah, that's probably the the weirdest one in that I had a shoot with Goldlink. Goldlink and he obviously just got off a flight and it was um it, I was working for a publication and we had like, you know, half an hour to do a shoot uh on a story that they were doing and he just got off a flight from LA and obviously was just not in the mood to do media at all. And so I went up to introduce myself and He didn't like, he wouldn't shake my hand. He didn't make any eye contact. He just didn't, he just didn't want to be there. And so he was, I was trying to direct him and he just, he literally would not look at the camera. It was like the weirdest, awkwardest experience of my entire life. And so I kind of worked around that and was just taking profile shots and just trying to work around the fact that he wasn't looking at me at all. Got a few things and was like, you know, within five minutes, I'm like, he doesn't want to be here. That's for me, the biggest vibe kill um mm. I could tell that I and I'm super intuitive I'm like I'm not gonna win him over in this moment usually I would try to win people over I'm like I'm not gonna win him over I'm just gonna call it and I just walked away and um I still got some great shots which is awesome yeah um but yeah it's just you know one of those things I mean I've got such respect for artists and the situations that they're in and I'm super understanding like some people just don't feel like it someday some people don't want to have their photo taken some people don't want to do media or interviews and I'm super conscious of that. And I think, you know, the more that I work with someone like Rule and you see the pressure that they're under and you see that they go from interview to interview to interview and photo shoot and it's, you know, you start to really understand that people are human. They have off days and, and that's that's what I put it down to. Yeah, had an off day. <laughs>
0: when I was mm. working at the Herald Sun, I remember because Kylie Minogue, everyone everyone says how lovely she is and there was this Sydney photographer apparently he was just this real kind of hey sort of a pop collar wanker and he was asking Kylie kept asking can you smile a bit more Kylie and she just cracked yeah, it hard no. she she doesn't, Kylie doesn't crack it she just rolls with, with whatever and then there was this sort of this like I remember I went up the food chain in the Herald Sun and the News Corp about you know well, let's publish the photos anyway Fuck Kylie, kind of thing. I was like, "Oh, you cannot wow. do that." And luckily, a person who I, I won't mention his name, but he was very much like, "No, we need to go back and reshoot this. And get a different photographer." Kylie's willing to come back tomorrow, but we're not using these pictures. And it all sort of sorted itself out. Thankfully, the dick wow. swinging kind of subsided, and you know. But um, yeah, not all. I guess not all photographers. Not all photographers. Not all photographers <laughs> uh, can 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 nail it and, and you know build a, build a rapport so easily
2: yeah
1: yeah you definitely hear those stories about older generation often male photographers that I think I've heard mm. so many stories like that to be honest but um I don't know like I said I because I work so closely with artists I really I, you know I, I do empathize with them and I try and I just try and make it as quick painless and fun as possible so they walk away just really liking the experience and not hating photo shoots <laughs>
0: Tell us about your masterclass if you came, and before we, and then we're going to jump into a bonus episode.
1: So uh, I guess during COVID times, uh, whenever I was looking to pivot and all the things, there were a few pivot grants that were um, up and uh, with the Australia Council. And I was lucky enough to get one of those to create an online masterclass into music photography. Uh, it was something that I've wanted to do for ages, but just really gave me the opportunity to you know, get the right people involved. And it's such a big process to write an online course. My God, it's like, you know, I was just brain dumping information and I really needed help to kind of put it into a structure. And I've got two amazing people, Ash and Chloe, that helped me put it all together um, into a format. And it basically has everything that you need to know as a music photographer from if you just pick up the camera and you want to know, basics of like how do i shoot a show what even what settings would i need through to kind of advancing to how do i get clients how do i start getting paid how do i work with you know different people in the industry and and then your copyright and all of the legalities and stuff usage rights um so more advanced stuff uh, how to market yourself it it goes into all of those things and we did a soft launch a little while ago but on friday we just did our official launch which was really cool because we got. We got great feedback and we broke it up into sections as well. So you can take the whole course if you want, but you can also just take smaller chunks if you're, you know, if you're a bit more advanced and you just want to do, you know, the stuff on marketing yourself or you just want to know how to get paid or if you're just a beginner and you just want to do kind of the beginner stuff as well. So I'm really excited about it. there has been lots of interest, which is really cool. Um, the feedback on the people that have like already done it have been, has just been amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm just – it's just yeah, it's exciting that it's out there now, which is great.
0: Unreal.
2: Yeah. I like that there's um there is all these you've dedicated parts of the masterclass to actually teaching people about like you're saying like how to get paid, but also the kind of like the legalities around licensing and stuff like that. Because I would assume that photography, especially in music photography, there's still a bit of a murky gray area as opposed to like once I shoot an image. Is it the artist's property? Is it, do you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, that's the biggest, I think the um, biggest misconception too, especially with live music is that artists think that if they're in the photo that they own it, Uh, or even if they've paid Mm -hmm. for a set of photos that they own it. And that's not the case in either situation. There's, um, there's usage rights in, in both of those situations. So um, it's just educating people and explaining how you explain that to clients and how you price usage accordingly and for different things. And, You know, trying to, to encourage people not to give up their copyright, because that's a really big thing is like international artists trying to do rights grabs, uh, for their, for their live music that, and and it, it's really detrimental to our industry and, and young people don't know. So they just sign contracts and then, you know, they're signing their rights away to their intellectual property. So just if I can explain to them why it's so important, and it's not even Mm -hmm. on an individual level, it's actually understanding the wider implications for the photography industry. So if you keep signing this, it becomes like that's the expectation. That's really bad for us. So you need to understand why. Um, Sure. So, yeah, and there's not, you know, there's really not much stuff like this that exists. Like the information's so hard to find and it was Mm. very insular and now it's a little bit better. Like people are better about sharing stuff. But, you know, when I first started, you just couldn't find out this. You just basically had to make so many mistakes to find out all this information. So (laughs) I'm trying to avoid... I'm trying to let other people avoid you know Those fumbling mistakes. through yeah fumbling through the industry for seven years you know you can it's <laughs> all there it's 10 years of brain dump is literally you know in the course
2: yeah
0: mm. that's so sick is it a, is it a Buddhist quote? It's that like, everything easy was difficult once that's kind of the similar thing
1: yeah you know? so true
0: yes yeah. Yeah. totally. So true. Thank you, Dalai Lama. He's just in the room. Hey, he does want to come over. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> Silent treatment, whatever, bro. Uh, oh God, I want to do this bonus episode, but one more. Um, Twitch, you have 2.3 K followers. Yeah. Uh, Twitch in my mind is, is a place hustler. where, you know, you, you what, p- watch people gaming or DJs or Twitch hustler. Tell us about that. Cause this happened for you pretty quick and just shows how much of a hustle queen you are.
1: <laughs> well yeah as you know another basically how my anxiety presents is that i need to be productive. <laughs> so um you know if i can't be you know if i'm sitting at home and i have no income and i don't know when i'm shooting next i need to be productive i'm not one of those people that can just watch series on netflix it's just it doesn't my brain doesn't work like that so um I started live streaming photography-related content on Twitch, which is uh, highly unusual. And, um, you know, it's a bit of a slog because, yes, it's like, you know, millions of gamers on there. And um, it's been a process, again, educating people that there are people like me on there and there's a photography community on there. And then creating my own community as well and teaching them the stuff that I know, teaching them what the what uh what Discord looks like, what and so people can talk to each other when I'm not streaming, and there's so many mi- you know, so much to Twitch, like it's a, it's a probably a whole podcast in itself, but it's it's amazing mm. and I love it, and it's 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 been my way to connect to my community while I haven't physically been able to be in contact with people, so it's good for my mm. little extroverted little mm. brain to be able <laughs> to be able to
0: connect. <laughs> Damn straight, I love that I love that sentence, it, an answer start starts. It. This is how my anxiety presents.
2: <laughs> this is <laughs> how I deal. I, yeah, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I need
1: to be busy.
0: We're very similar, Michelle. I, you've got 2.3K <laughs> followers on Twitch. I've got two followers on Twitch. True story. Uh, <laughs> I just I'll follow you. You can have three. I haven't okay. put in any time. I really should. I try to go Facebook Live and they're just like, no, you can't play Dua Lipa. Uh Right now it's time for the bonus <laughs> episode with our guest, Michelle Grace Hunter. If you're a subscriber, it'll be there in your podcast feed. Big bang now. You might have seen it already. Get it free this Thursday. Support Hit Different, another mushroom podcast covering Australian music by becoming a subscriber. Check out the show notes for more information. You get early access, ad-free, eps, and anything else we can send, exclamation mark. Most importantly, you'll be contributing to music (laughs) journalism and photography and all these great things. Thank you. Uh, Thanks to our co-hosts so Sophia, Molly, and our very special guest Michelle Grace Hunter, for being on the episode of Hit Different today. Thank
2: Yay. you. Yay. Woo. All right, Dad, we could do it.